Hi everyone, this is Katie Dunn. Welcome to September's Dig Deeper Audio Devotion. As you all know, for the past few weeks, in anticipation of our 200th episode, we have been giving you a taste of Patreon in your regular podcast feed. The Dig Deeper Audio Devotion is a monthly Patreon episode that takes the story told on the podcast that week and relates it back to scripture and what God's word says about it. My prayer is that through these devotions, you'll be able to take the story you've heard along with the transforming power of scripture and apply God's truth to your life so that you can grow in your spiritual walk and in your relationship with God. Well, this past week on the podcast was 23-year-old Zoe Tenner, who shared her story of watching her performance-oriented mother turn to a life of trusting God and letting go of control. Zoe spoke a lot about how her mother's spiritual transformation impacted her own life as well by helping her understand God's grace and release her fears of trying to perform for his acceptance. Now, if you're like me, when you listen to Zoe's story, performance orientation may be a new concept to you. I had actually never heard of the terminology used, but the more I studied it, I realized I have definitely struggled with this mentality in my past, in both my relationship with others and unfortunately in my relationship with God as well. Now, the simple definition that Zoe gave of performance orientation is when you strive to perform for others in order to gain their approval. And as I dug a little deeper into the concept, I found out that it's not about whether you work hard, but why you work hard. So I came across some questions that you can ask yourself to see if you struggle with this performance personality. And as I read these six questions, I want you to think about not only your earthly relationships, but I also want you to think about your relationship with God. After all, our relationship with him is the ultimate foundation for our relationship with others. So here are the questions. Number one, do you only find your value in doing, accomplishing, and executing tasks? Number two, are you constantly performing and never free to be the person you really are? Number three, do you appear confident and cheery on the outside, but on the inside, insecurity reigns? Number four, do you feel rejected and unloved when someone criticizes you? Number five, do you find your security in what others think about you? And finally, number six, are you caught up in a never ending cycle of proving your worth to yourself and to others? Well, for me in the past, my answer to all six of these questions in my day-to-day -day relationships would have been a resounding yes. And because I had this mindset in those earthly relationships, it was just natural for me to transfer this mindset into my relationship with God as well. I think that so many of us, especially in the Western culture, are so used to performing for acceptance that many Christians are walking around with either guilt in their relationship with God because they aren't performing well enough for him, or they're walking around in pride in their relationship with God because they think they have a leg up on all the other Christians because they believe they're working harder for God than other believers are. Now, don't get me wrong, performing well or taking on a task and completing it to the best of your ability is definitely pleasing to God. But when you base your closeness to God on the works you're doing and how well you're performing for him, 
performance orientation can be a very demanding, not to mention depressing approach to your spiritual walk. And most importantly, when we view God through this lens of performance, we take God completely out of the equation because it diminishes what Jesus Christ did for you and me on the cross. Now, I know that this concept between works and grace can sometimes seem confusing to us as Christians. I know that it has been confusing to me in the past because on one hand, we read um, in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 that it is by grace that we've been saved through faith in Jesus Christ and not by works so that no one can boast. And then in, in Romans 3, 28, we're told again that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. So in these verses, the Apostle Paul tells us that grace alone saves us and faith alone justifies us. Grace alone means that God loves you and forgives you, not because of who you are or what you do, but because of the work of Christ alone. Being justified by faith means we're not saved by obeying a list of do's and don'ts or performing tasks and accomplishing works for God. We're saved by grace through faith in Christ. Our salvation is in God's hands, and that is good news. That is the gospel. But then, on the other hand, in the book of James, we read more about the concept of faith and works. And if we aren't careful, we can think that James is telling us that our works are what save us. After all, James 2.24 says, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. However, like all scripture, it is imperative to know the context of the verses that you're reading. James is actually making the case that those who truly trust in God will naturally end up participating in good works. Works are not required for salvation. They are just a symptom of your faith. Now, you see this in James 2, 22 and 23, just two verses prior to verse 24, as James writes, you see that his faith, now James here is talking about Abraham from the Old Testament. He says, you see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteous and he was called God's friend. Now notice two things here. First, Abraham's faith was made complete because of his works. The original Greek word used here for complete is teleahu. And by using this word, James was saying Abraham's faith was perfected because his faith produced action. James is telling us that good works are the natural end result of your faith, but good works are not what save you. Faith alone in Jesus Christ does that. Then notice what James referred to that made Abraham righteous in verse 23. It says he was made righteous because he believed. Abraham's belief, his faith alone, is what made him righteous. James is encouraging us to realize faith alone saves, but saving faith can't just be an opinion. True saving faith will result in actions, but again, it is God's amazing grace and your faith alone that saves you. 
You know, when I began pursuing God in my thirties, I started doing everything I could to please God. Now I did it because I loved him and I realized how much he loved me. But if I was honest, I also did it because I needed to prove my worth, not only to God, but to other Christians around me. Now, remember the definition that I gave earlier of performance orientation. It's not about whether you work hard, but why you work hard. My why early on in my spiritual journey was more about me and less about God. I realized that this was a form of bondage that I had placed on my life, and I needed to find the freedom that was found in God's grace alone and let that and that alone be the motivation for my works. At the end of Zoe's story, she said, working hard is important, but God will love me no matter what I do. Friend, do you believe this truth? Do you believe that working hard is important, but God's going to love you? no matter what you do? Do you understand the incredible gift of saving grace that God has given you? Today, take a moment and reflect if you are living in this grace or if you are living from the lie that your performance is what saves you. Ask God to help you accept his free gift and let your actions stem from the love that God has for you and the love you have for him. And then allow that love to overflow to the relationships with those around you. You'll be amazed at the freedom that you're going to find. And you'll be amazed at the freedom you're going to offer others as you live from this perspective. Enjoy your time of reflection with the Holy Spirit. And I'll talk with you next month.